Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater, with your host, Dave Lepkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Tropical hot dog night! Well, there goes the neighborhood. Welcome and happy April Fool's Day, everybody, on Dave's Gone By. Mm, tonight, memory lane with me, Dave Lefkowitz, and my special co-host, Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, okay. Steve, it's, it's good to see you. Um, you see the arrow through my head? That's the arrow of headphones. You're looking, uh, well, you've lost a little bit of the hair and you've gained a little lot of enormous amounts of, of extreme amounts, but you look good. Well, that's because I've been doing the tut. King, King tut. tut. No, it's not Steve Martin. See, were you fooled? Were you fooled for even a quarter second, ladies and gentlemen? This is my co-host, Jeff Goodman. Yeah! Hooray! Lost my voice there for a moment. Yeah! That's better. Well, though you k- did look like Richard Nixon when you're going, well, like, welcome to the day. That was me choking right there. When, when my arms go out like that, that's me no, no, when they unable listen, to breathe. When, when they listen to the radio station, that's you choking. <laughs> Thank you so much. Very, very well put. Happy April Fool's Day, Jeff. How, have you been fooled at all? Uh, yes, but I won't get fooled again. No, I have not. My beloved wife, Joyce, had called in. God love her, she tried. In the pre-show, the little big time that we do, at least for now, from uh, 10 to 11. And if you petition WGVB, it won't make a difference, but we we hope to still stay on for a while. Yeah, well, I mean, Dave's Gone By will be here in perpetuity, assumedly. But you don't want to hear a sports show before Dave's Gone By. No, I certainly don't. Yeah. <laughs> there was a sports show on from 10 to 11 for about two weeks, and then it went away, and now another one may, may move in its place. Boo-hoo. Now, we'll call, call up the station. You tell them you don't want to hear that sports That's show. right. Tell them you want to hear more of Jeff and Dave. You want that a little, little bit of time. time. Yeah. But, hey, we're here tonight, and I'm thrilled about that, and we had a fun, really fun pre-show with Mina calling in from New Jersey. Didn't even realize the station was picked up in New Jersey. It's it's amazing for a 50-watt radio station how far we go. <laughs> it's a thousand watts, dude. We're a thousand watts, dude? Yeah, we are a thousand watts. I didn't even know we were we were still in the 70s, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Who, who, it's not... Um, 80s, actually. Dude was 80s? Dude, yeah. dude, where's my radio? Dude, where's your car? Anywho. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you a couple of things because we've got a very full and, and exciting, amazing program. So first, let's get out of the way, but not in a unpleasant way, because we we love our sponsors, and we're crazy about them, and we want you to patronize them. Our sponsors include... The Hewlett Minuteman Press. Yeah, that's right. You even threw in a the to make them sound even more important. Hewlett See, that was like a two-second, because I couldn't remember any of our sponsors. Just for a second, I wasn't thinking. I mean, they're my favorite people, especially the, the Hewlett Minuteman Press, and mm-hmm. MortgagesRock.com. MortgagesRock.com. MortgagesRock.com, where you learn how to help other people get loans and mortgages. And you can make money yourself. That's my favorite part of MortgagesRock.com. It's the mission of commission, MortgagesRock.com. What else? What else? The well, Bible of Broadway. The, the, the uh, insider. Wait. The, the <laughs> Performing Arts Insider. That's right. Performing Arts Insider, which gives you everything you need to know about Broadway, off-Broadway. Well, not everything, but it's awfully informative. Oh, well, wait a minute. What's missing, Jeff? What? What? what does My it... commentary. Okay. 
Hmm. And what, how would you comment? What would you put in there? I would tell people whether they should go see the show or not. Well, they do have in the listings what all the critics thought of it. Like if they, they like, but they the don't have exclamation But point. they don't have my comment. No, they, they do not. I, that's and that's and that's what it's most lacking. Because I like to, I have to read it. And say, do, do I like that show? I don't remember if I like that show. Hmm. And I can go back and say, mm, I did like that show. Does this mean that you're a subscriber, Jeff? Oh yes, I do subscribe. To performing And sometimes I actually read it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they don't care if you read it or not. They just want your money. And by the way... It's actually very yeah. informative. If, if, you want, if you're a theater professional or hoping to be a theater professional, it's something you should subscribe to. And Dave's Gone By listeners get 10% off to Performing Arts Insider. Except for today, yeah. where they get 75% off. No, they do not. No, they, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> you just saw sweat beads break across my forehead when you said that. And and, but, and no April Fool, you also get 10% off at Hewlett uh, Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway. Okay, if you have a guest Oh, already, and thanks for remembering Fancy Schmancy oh, Balloons. Sorry, sorry. Tell That's us about okay. Fancy Schmancy. For all your decorating needs, call Fancy Schmancy Balloons, 516-797-3229, and you'll be speaking to one of the most clever people in the party business. Yay! That would be me. That would be you, Jeff Goodman, who runs Fancy Schmancy Balloons. It's balloons and centerpieces. And also, he has connections for other stuff like flowers and bands. For all your party needs. All your party needs. You're just having a party, call me. I'll and what's that happen. number again? 516-797-3229. Lovely, lovely. Now, I, I assume that you figured out from already this opening that Dave's gone by it's comedy it's talk radio it's a little bit of music too it's all sorts of fun cool stuff we do it every Sunday night from 11 until midnight and you know what's good it just doesn't have that bitter aftertaste no not, although I did it's have all a little the good stuff without the bitter aftertaste did have a little bitter stuff last week uh, when, when I did this kind of rant towards the end of that last week's show because we had some extra time about how after <clears throat> after Calvert DeForest the actor had well I don't necessarily call him an actor but the fella who played Larry Bud Millman on the David Letterman yeah. show on NBC and then he took back his regular name when they went to CBS because Larry Bud Millman was NBC's intellectual property assumedly anyway I was really sad because I knew him, I had dinner with him, and he was a beloved figure. In did the you pick up years. the check or did he? It was at our home. He came to, to the apartment I was living oh, really? with. Yeah, yeah, I told the whole story. I guess someone wasn't listening last week. Someone was asleep last week. Yeah. So, yeah, I was actually over. passed out. I was planning on being here. I called Dave about 5 o'clock saying, hey, no problem. I'll be there at 10 o'clock. I'm really hyped up. And then I went, I went home. I just put my feet up, and I was, like, out by 7. Wrong <laughs> for the night. Okay, this story is not about you. So, <laughs> it's not about me either. It's really about Larry Budd. He was a wonderful... He came to our, our apartment. He brought a little cake. <laughs> Literally, with the string box. We had a great time together. He was really a sweet, nice man. And it's amazing that the career that he had for having no discernible talent. And I was so upset last week because I kept waiting and waiting. The news of his death, I think, broke either on a Monday or Tuesday night. And every night I would tune in to David Letterman to see, okay, what's he going to do for Larry? Is he going to... He did a show? lovely tribute, though. It's, yeah, it took a week. I was wondering what the heck was going on because either Letterman was postponed by basketball or he was sick for a day or two when it should have been a live show. And, and I was like, what? Why? Where's... Because where's, Melman was part of that initial 
force that made the trouble. It was it was um, the band leader. He was the first thing that you actually saw. That's right. In 1982, I think it was the mm-hmm. first face. And then you saw Chris Elliott and Letterman and Paul Schaefer. They were like the four points of the square that made Letterman the cult that it was. So I was really pissed off at the end of last week that there was no mention, nothing about this man dying. And then finally Letterman came back live-ish on that Monday. And they did a, a nice little five-minute tribute to Larry where they showed him doing something with you a poster. You know why they did it on Monday? Why? Because Letterman heard your rant. I think so. I think he listened Sunday night and they said, you know, we've got to pull something together. Okay. We'll play the... Um, it was a little obvious. They, they, what song do you think they played? What, did you watch it? Yeah, I did. I oh. don't remember the, the song, though. I mean, can, could they think of something else besides Louis Armstrong doing Wonderful World? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, come on. But it was nice. And they showed Toast on a Stick. And they showed the, the, the classic moment of him with a microphone. Yeah, well, he can never get the hang of a microphone. It was sad because ultimately he did. Somebody must have told him... You have to hold the microphone throughout the whole time that someone is talking in it. <laughs> but when he didn't know, it was the naivete that was so beautiful mm-hmm. to watch. So anyway, thank you, David Letterman. Thank you, CBS, for... And for thank you, Dave, for the rant. Yeah. Yeah, see, sometimes it works. People are listening. Like Dave and Minna. So anyway, speaking of which, why should you listen to the rest of this program until midnight? Because I'm here. Yes. <laughs> I'm not discounting the value of that, Jeff. Believe me, it's great to have you here. But tonight, special, 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 amazing guest, woo! Joe Franklin. Where's that sound effects CD when you need it? I know. Ring, ring. Joe Franklin, TV and radio legend. The man, I think he's in the Guinness Book for, for having the longest running talk show of anybody. He, he sort of kind of invented his kind of talk. And then, of course, you know, there's always that quote that people always often say about him. What's the most, that? The most often quoted thing that people say about him. Is that? Is he still alive? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Sometimes when you, you tell people... people, they always go, is he still alive? He's very much alive. And he's still working. He's not nice on. Man. Very nice man. doesn't have the TV show on anymore uh, or, or the WR overnight. He was getting a little too old for that. But he still does interviews on Bloomberg Radio which you can hear. Then they run him all throughout the day. They're, they're, they're short interviews that he does. And he's still Joe. I mean, he's to- I'm, I'm so excited. And if you see him in the theater, lots of times he has a nice little chicky on her, his own. Still. Still, I, I believe he's married, but... No, I, no, his wife passed away, didn't she? I don't think so. Well, I'll ask him. Ooh, I'm g- <laughs> we're going to find all sorts of things out about the wonderful, the fantastic, the amazing... The- Joe is... Mm, the greatest person who ever <laughs> lived in the world, in the planet, in the universe. He is finer than fine, greater than great, my friends. As we get ready to eat our striped matzahs, let us listen to Dave's Gone By until midnight tonight, every night, forever and ever into... That's actually a pretty good Joe Franklin. Thank you. Thank you very much. Just so, so, that, so the people listening know actually what you were doing. <laughs> I think that would have caught on. If they'd ever seen Billy Crystal do it, or uh, Uncle Floyd. That's how beloved Ocho is. Anyway, we've got to get to it. So, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. Oh, I, I do want to mention, though, it's, it's one of the reasons Joe agreed to do the interview on this show today. Is I was here. He's, he's working on his website, and he's doing all these sorts of things. And he's, he's trying to learn and practice Yiddish. Oi. Don't ask. Oi. Don't ask. So... What's going to happen is, you know, Richie Orenstein, who's the guy who used to be on his, um, his radio show, and he would do trivia with Richie. He, Joe's going to try doing most of the interview using the, the little Yiddish that he knows, 
with Richie coaching him along and helping him. But it was really Richie who's going to be answering most of the questions. I wasn't too thrilled with that idea. but uh, I hope he met the rabbi. No, no, it's not the rabbi. It's going to be me doing the interview. So it's going to be a... For me, it's going to be English. From Joe, it's going to be Yiddish. From Richie, it's going to be something completely in the middle. And guess what? April Fool. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's going to be all English, all Joe, all me, and Jeff. Don't go away. So, you don't have satellite radio, you don't have an iPod, or a hundred music channels on your cable. Doesn't matter. Live365.com has dozens of radio stations in all sorts of formats absolutely free. And one station, DFSX Radio, plays vintage episodes of Dave's Gone By every Saturday night at 11 Eastern Time. I've even put their link on davesgoneby.org. So, just click to hear music and talk and me free on DFSX. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By on this very, very special Sunday night. This is, this is a moment I'm quelling inside about this moment because years ago, more than a decade ago, I had the great good fortune and, and tremendous pride and pleasure of appearing on television on a program that I had watched since I was a, a, little, a little baby Dave. And this was the Joe Franklin Show, one of the legendary programs in the history of local New York, New Jersey programming, hosted by the one and only the great Joe Franklin. And I got to go on there and talk about the theater magazine I was publishing at that point. And Joe was you know, really cool, and it was, it was just almost like a dream that had happened. And now, more than a decade later, I get to go back and, and have the incredible pleasure of having Mr. Joe Franklin on my show, on Dave's Gone By. Oh. Hey, Joe, how are you? This is Dave Lefkowitz. How you doing? All right, my boy. Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, this, is so, this is such a proud moment oh, for me. Oh, proud moment for me, too, Dave. I've been a fan of yours since I'm a little kid. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. How are you doing? Well, Dave, I'm doing great. And you certainly bring back one highlight recollection, because when I talk about my TV career, which ran for 43 years, and you were the Guinness Book of World Records for the world's longest running, it's either the world's longest running TV show or TV talk show, and then I talk about... My, my favorite guests, that my, my highlights, I always list five U.S. presidents. I list uh, Cary Grant, Charlie Chaplin, John Wayne, and Dave Lefkowitz. <laughs> uh, people, when I drop, but they think I'm name-dropping when I say Dave Lefkowitz. So it's, uh, for you to say those nice things about me, it goes triple and quadruple what I say about you. I, I love it. I, now, where did the hyperbole stuff come from? Because I know you've been doing that since way back when I was on the show. Where, where did this whole thing... Well, like, I, just, yeah. uh, I just hate to say anything cruel. I've never been mean-spirited the way many, you know, today's talk show guests have gone and become. I, I try to make them all look good and shine good and sparkle good, and sometimes I've got to suppress my own... My own knowledge, and whether it seemed like they're like they're spouting their knowledge, you know. But it, it paid off, you know. In my business, you held on by the ratings. You know, people always ask me, what, "What's the secret of uh, longevity in that field where the mortality rate is so staggering?" There were five hundred, five hundred talk show hosts came and went while I was on there. Five hundred. I always say, the answer is sincerity. You got to be, and once you learn to fake sincerity, then you got it made. You know. I'm, I'm hoping in this, this short interview that we have to get you to say all your wonderful cliche phrases. Well, you, you've, got to, you've got to end, of course, with the more important to be nice one. But not yet. Not yet. We've got a little time for Al Jolson once said on my show, he says, here's to our wives and sweethearts 
May they never meet. Oh, yes, indeed. And, and, and again, it's really sweet for you to appear on the show. But let's roll it back to the very beginnings where you started on, I assume you started on radio and then got into television. I began, Dave, as a little kid. I was about 15 years old. I got a job accidentally. I was visiting somebody at radio station WNEW. And Martin Block, you ever hear the name Martin Block? Vaguely, yeah. He was the host of a program called the Make Believe Ballroom. Oh, of course, yes. Very tremendously high-rated show. He saw me in the hallway and he offered me a job. He said his record taker just got fired or quit and he offered me a job. I knew nothing about music. I didn't know Harry James from Artie Shaw from Benny Goodman, but a fellow working at that station named William B. Williams. Of course, yes, yes. Gave me like an overnight crash course in music and... I was choosing the records from Martin Black. Then Martin Black says, Joe, I'll get you your own radio show if you got if you want. I'll get you, you got a nice voice, and I like you. You got me my own radio show, which I call Vaudeville Isn't Dead. And I play these old records. So at that point, you had chosen then the kind of music that you wanted to play, because at first, as you said, you didn't know music, but then did you find yourself gravitating to older material from the 20s and 30s? That's, that's an interesting question, Dave, because uh, he told me, he said, Joe... I'm the king. I mean, he's the king, he said, of, of new records, so I shouldn't compete. As if anybody could compete with him. But, but he said, don't compete with me, Joe. So I ran out to the old record shops around town. I bought these old records for a penny apiece by Rudy Valley, by Kate Smith, by Eddie Cantor. And I play them on the radio. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, here's a collector's item. It's worth $500. <laughs> and I go back to the store the next day. I pick out five records, put down five pennies. He would say, hey, come here, kid. I said, what do you mean, kid? He say, I heard somebody on the radio saying, let's let these records worth $500. <laughs> so I single-handedly, I think I created... What you might call the rare record market, you know? And apparently you're also, well, sort of taking credit for coining the word and the usage of nostalgia. Is that really your your? Thing? Well, that's also a great point, because if you look in the dictionary, nostalgia means uh, longing for, for the old home with nothing to do with show business. So at least, like, I oh. gave it a spin. There's a thing on Channel 13 this week, this Thursday night at 8 o'clock, called Soundies. It's going to be a two-hour tribute to the Soundies, the little pre MTV shorts, and I'm on there. I'm, I'm one of the featured uh, hosts with Michael Feinstein. So if you hear a TV set Thursday night, 8 o'clock, you might watch that. But then, And then one day, David, I got a phone call from Channel 7. Mm-hmm. It was sort of lighting up in the day. So the, the TV was only on the air then from 5 o'clock at night until Sermon F. There was no daytime TV. They said, Joe, we're thinking of lighting up in the daytime. If we give you an hour a day, what kind of a show would you do? I said, well, how about I do a show? People talking nose to nose, eyeball to eyeball. They said, Joe, you're out of your mind. The word is television. You've got to give a vision. You've got to give a seltzer bottles, pratfalls. You've got to give baggy fans. You've got to give burlesque. You can't do a talk show on television. But if I did. Then I said, well, if I can't do it, so how about, because rock and roll was just coming. I said, how about I do a show of kids dancing to records? I said, Joe, you're nuts. No, who's going to watch kids dance to records? No, wait, you really thought of the idea for American Bandstand before there was an American Bandstand? And Dick Clark, before Dick Clark, right? Oh, my goodness. Comes along, becomes a billionaire. <laughs> well, you did all, you have done, that's the beautiful thing, I think, about your career, that you've done it so sort of off the beaten track in a way, and yet doing it exactly the way you wanted to do it, the things you wanted to do, and yet having your niche, having the show last for decades on TV and radio, and then, and then having all sorts of other sidelines of a career. I, th- I think that's fabulous. I think it is. The funny thing is that I began on WNEW, which is 11.30 a.m., and I'm back on 11.30 a.m. now. I'm on Bloomberg Radio, you know, doing interviews this week. we got uh, 
Charles Grodin, we got Mickey Rooney, we got Larry Hagman. Mickey got, Rooney, wow. Uh, 86 years old, he's tougher than we are, Dave. <laughs> I know, I saw him off, he did a one man show off, well, it was a, him and his wife. I thought that, that was beautiful, yeah, isn't he crazy? Well, he's still, he's still got the spirit. You know that he's the only actor ever to be number one at the box office four years in a row, from 1939 to 1943. Mickey Rooney was number one over Clark Gable, always. Over everybody, he's a tremendous entertainer. I'm just. He's still traveling, he's still lively and sparkling. Like this week, I've got Charles Grodin, I got Pat Boone. Uh, we, we get you know people. I'm not, not playing any old music right now. I may go back in the old record business soon, but it's been it's been a great career. I love it. Well, when you have so many guests, I mean, you might as well you know go for them because the music you can play Anytime. anytime. Yeah, I mean, and also the reason I used to watch you when I was a kid wasn't so much the interviews, which I wasn't that into, but every once in a while I would be so excited because you would show a silent film. In fact, Billy Crystal, his first book. You know, Billy Crystal impersonated me for four years on Saturday Night Live. You know that, right? I know. First time I saw Billy Crystal was Joe Franklin. You know what I said? I said, Billy, one of us is lousy. <laughs> now, hold on. But actually, I do want to ask about this, because I've heard things about where when someone has been impersonating you, you weren't too happy, and, and sometimes you wanted to, to like sue them, like Uncle Floyd. Well, Uncle Floyd did. I mean, we're, we're good friends now. We're very close. But in those days, he would do a takeoff. I mean, I, I don't know if I can say these words on, on the radio. He, did a, he had four... four Jewish four men with yarmulkes, and they were blowing snot bubbles into a glass. <laughs> I remember that. On the Joe Frankfurter, the Joe Frankfurter yes, show. Yes, so. I remember. I don't remember. So I, I, you know, I had to sue the guy. I had to sue him. He was taken off the air immediately. But I, but then we, we, we made up. We, we became good. That was a very horrible taste. I, I love a spoof. I love, you know, my whole life, my whole life, Dave, was a spoof. I did my whole life tongue-in-cheek. You know, so when, when Billy Crystal was doing Joe Franklin, on Saturday Night Live, he was doing a spoof on a spoof, you know, my whole life. Yeah, I mean, I've, and I've heard you say that too, but the thing is, I've also seen, I mean, there was a point when I interviewed you for a magazine, and then there were times when I came in and I was trying to get on your show, right. and I, when you weren't on the air, you were still the Joe Franklin who's on the air. It was it was a little odd to see, because I assumed you would be a totally different person, and you weren't. Yeah, there was one, one persona, and that was me. I just enjoyed it, I just enjoyed it. Billy Crystal, I started saying, but his first book, yeah. called Absolutely Marvelous, he wrote, and he, he dedicated the whole book to me. He said his first acting lesson was pretending to be sick so he could stay home and watch my show. And he said, I'd show these old movies with uh, Rudy uh, Abbott and Costello and Roland Hardy and Three Stooges, and that... Oh, Charlie is, Chase, you would show. I mean, for Ben Chase, Turpin, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that was cool. That is why I didn't want to be a comedian, so that's quite a tribute from Billy Crystal. Now, is it true, and I had no idea about this until I did a little Googling uh, the other yeah. day, that your your real name was Fortgang. When I was born, it was Joseph Fortgang, and I went to Benjamin Franklin High School, and I like to name Franklin. It's easy to put it, easy on the marquee, so, you know, so one letter less. But was there an aspect of it of, like, at that point in your career, was it like too Jewish sounding? Fort no, no, I think Fort like Gang. I think Fort Gang in German means go forth. I looked it up one time. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, you know it, probably if I started out today, I would have kept the real name. You know, in the old days, everybody was named Baker or Powell or Williams. Or, you know, but I think maybe Sinatra and Streisand and you know, people like that keeping their own name has sort of changed the pattern of having to choose a more all-American sounding name. You know, so. But whatever it is, we did okay with that name. And one of the other great things is that because of you being you, again, you, you were spoofed on Saturday Night Live and Uncle Floyd, and you got to even work with Woody Allen. I mean, what was that? Was well, he ever on your show? I assume he was. Oh, uh, yeah, I discovered Woody Allen was, he was on my show when he was appearing at the, uh, 
bitter end as a young stand-up comedian. He was on the same panel with Jack Warner. Jack Warner was on the day show his Academy Award that he won for My Fair Lady for producing that. And Jack Warner took a liking to him and he offered him a job for emceeing the press junkets for a movie called uh, The Great Race. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon and Natalie Wood. So, so, Jack, so Woody, I've always felt very sentimental about me. I'm in, if I'm not in, in, in his movies in person, they'll always show my TV show or show a book on a table that I wrote. But I, I, I played a pivotal scene in Broadway, Danny Rose. And then yeah. uh, I'm in Ghostbusters. I'm, I'm in quite a few movies. I just made a new one called Mercy Man. But it's, uh, I, I usually play myself, except sometimes they tell me that I'm not the type to play myself, you know? So. <laughs> a, different, a more Joe Franklin-y kind of Joe Yeah, Franklin. yeah, they give me somebody more like Joe Franklin, which he's not the type, you know? But it's fun. I, you know, I do a lot of lectures, nursing homes, colleges, and things like that. Now, after all these years, would you still consider that Bing Crosby or Eddie Cantor was your favorite guest of all time, your favorite entertainer? Yeah, but don't forget to toss up. You hit it right on the head. Yeah. Like, Bing... I always thought of Bing as being what you call how is it, mechanically reproduced. I always thought of Bing being on radio, TV, movies, records. But when Bing came toward me, flesh and blood, that day I think I melted. I think I did my best interview that day. And, and by the way, Bing in private life was not romantic. He was he was very aloof, very cold, very icy. He, was, he would tell the songwriter, "Don't say, don't say the word I love you twice in one song. Just say the word I love you once." And, but that day with me, he was just like an old-time Broadway, he was so at ease and warm and wonderful. And he, maybe he was showing off to his wife. The wife was on with him that day, you know. And then, and then they went to some other show where they, they didn't want to put on the wife didn't want to put on Kathy Crosby. He did that show, but very cold, very icy. So he was he, he was the greatest. I enjoyed being Eddie Cantor, of course, is number one too. Wow. Um, now, that stuff you still have, I guess, on Kinescope or old uh, VCR tapes. I mean, how much of your shows, both TV and, and radio, do you have as an archive? Out of about 28,000 TV shows, I saved about 500. Sadly, they uh, they used to record over the shows to save money, so they were erased the very next day. But I saved. I got Milton Berle. I got uh, Faye Ray. I got uh, Bob Hope. I got uh, Jack Benny. I got... Jack Benny was on my show. He was on with, with Bill Cosby. And Bill Cosby. And so Jack Benny said, you know, I go back to the days. He's like, go so far back, my, my, my rabbi was an Indian. So, so <laughs> Bill Cosby says, oh, yeah, was his name, was his name Mohawk? Oh, <laughs> says, they did. I bet they did the circumcision with a tomahawk. You know, oh, I got, man. I got great, great kids, folks. Now, now, here's the deal, then. Are we going to be able to... Have you ever thought about making a deal with a distribution company the way, say, the old Dick Cavett shows are now being Well, raised? you know something? We're working on what they call an errors and omission policy to get the insurance uh, cleared up in advance. It's, it's a Herculean task, but uh, it is being done. I think that'll be the best of Joe Frank will be on the sale definitely before Christmas. That, that oh, really? By, by summertime. Yeah, you'll, you'll get the first copy of the press. It'll okay. Be. That's wonderful. Now, let me ask, um, you know, you on some level are this one-man band, but at the same time, there are always these people behind the scenes. There's Richie Orenstein and, and some other folks really helping you out because it's a Herculean task just collecting. Richie, Richie did my long-time anchor, man. Richie's the best of the best. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, well, it's a funny thing that you would say. I never had a staff. I never I never had a talent coordinator. I did all my own booking. I never, I never once ever, Dave, uh, ever called up a guest. Everybody ever on my show ever came to me Every I never once solicited a guest so I guess you know I never rehearsed I never met them in the green room and went over the format I just I think if you go to lunch with somebody 
you don't you don't rehearse the dialogue before the meal. You just let it flow, let it go uh, spontaneously. So uh, I don't say that's the way to do it. I'm sure that uh, David Letterman and Jay Leno have huge production yeah. meetings. So what I did certainly unconventional. Maybe it helped me back from from even going further. But at least you can't knock it. Was my my own system. I never had any any talent coordinators. Never. Do you still have that amazing office? Oh, it's worse now than ever. Yeah. How could it be? If you, you have to just put your head in and the rest of your body out in the hallway. Not easy, not easy. I got a Rudolph Valentino's coffee cup from 1926. <laughs> oh, man. But you know, and nobody else knows, I guess, where every single thing is. Okay. Someday I'll get it organized. Someday I'll make a museum. I've been selling a few things on eBay. You know, I used to ask my guests for souvenirs. But uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun way of life. I've enjoyed it. Now, are you married, still married? Oh, I'm married to a lady named Lois. She lives in Florida. She's not too well, but she's... Oh. She's very alert. She's got uh, deals in real estate. I've got a son, 37 years old, named Bradley Franklin. He's in mail order field. He sells to uh, what he says is the uh, second biggest marketplace in the world. He sells teenage girls. He sells. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> he sells lipsticks. He sells oh. jewelry. He sells movie star dresses. You know, so he's. Yeah, no, if he's selling teenage girls, I'm buying, but no, <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> means. over the counter, right? You can buy any age you like. They sell them merchandise, you know. They, Teenage girls, daddies give a lot of what they call disposable income, so he's he's in a pretty good field. Yeah, and by the way, speaking of, of teenage girls, what was your thought, your initial thought, when the aristocrats came out and there was the whole Sarah Silverman well, monologue? Well, you know something, I was duped, I was I was defamed, and I'm... Oh, with, well, in humor, as you Well, said. I don't know, I'm going to sue them, I want to sue them, I'm going to make a lawsuit, I'm going to go after the producer, Paul Preventer. I will, you know, they came to me, they said it's going to be a movie where... Uh, where uh, comedians tell their favorite jokes. I, w- I was set up. I was set up. But uh, listen, I'm, I think she's... And the more popular she gets, the better my... I've got a lawyer in California who wants to take it on a contingency basis. So we'll, but are you just doing it to kind of keep your name out there, or do you really feel offended by well, a joke? it's a combination. i got a good lawyer. He says we're going to show them that they can't mess with Joe. That's what he says. I'll let him worry about it. You know, it's... Uh, it was tongue in cheek, but it was also very cruel. I, I was definitely framed because what they what they told me was not what came out on the screen. And when they showed the screening, I was there at the pre preview audience and Paul Lorenzo, the producer said, "This is Joe Franklin. He can certainly take it. You know, he's a good sport. Joe's a good sport." Right, and he, he knew he did wrong. He knew he uh, did wrong. Oh well, uh, I hope that was your right. take. There was good humor. I should forget about it. Completely. Huh? I mean, she could have said like Sherman Helmsley and done the joke about him, but she chose you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. I, I think you should just not let, totally let that roll over you. It, oh. It's just all of a, and the whole movie is a sick joke. So, yes, of course, it's a sick piece of comedy, but you should be proud to be part of it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. <laughs> Hello, this is Joe Franklin. That's in Joe Franklin's memory lane. You're joining me and listening to Dave's Gone By on WGBB. And uh, Dave is one of my very favorite broadcasters, so keep on listening to Mr. Dave. Thank you so much. So, are there other really moments that you remember and loved from the TV show? Some some unexpected great moment. It doesn't have to be from a famous person, but other things that just come to your head when you think of the great moments well, you've had on the TV of, show. Well, uh, things that I did, I would always try to uh, mix. Uh, I, I would have the dancing dentist on there with, with, with Ronald Reagan. I would have the man who whistles through his nose on there with, with Margaret Mead. I would have what they would call that <laughs> an eclectic mix. You know what I'm saying? It's, and, uh, and that was your, you really wanted to do that. Margaret Mead, the anthropologist with the, the nose whistler. That was my shtick, yeah. That was my shtick. So you knew it. You knew that it was on some level ridiculous, but also on some level 
you never know what's going to happen, and that makes it fun. You never know, and I had the pleasure of giving the first exposure. I mean, nobody discovers anybody, but I, I gave the first exposure ever to... Uh, you know, my singer was Barbara Streisand for about uh, nine months, and Bette Midler, Eddie Fisher was my... These people sang with me for a period of time, and I gave the first exposure ever on TV to... Liza Minnelli, Michael Jackson on five times with the Jackson family. He's a cute, beautiful little kid. I had uh, Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, Tiny Tim, Joan Grimm. I mean, it's endless. The ones who made their first, Bill Cosby, made their first exposure on my show. The list is endless. Is, is the Streisand story, too, that she would um, hang around a lot around that office and that, that, you know, with the crew, sort of those people who were always milling about for those early weeks of her of her career. Oh, yeah, and Bette Midler. Bette Midler made that record, the Boogie Woogie Google Boy of Company B. Mm -hmm. That's from my sheet music collection. She found it in my sheet music archives. She getting my styling. I'd like to get that sheet music back someday if she's listening right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure she is. Badge, if you're listening, please give, give Joe his music back. Right, right, right. So now, what do you do for uh, Bloomberg Radio? Is it, just, is just in the news. It rotates. It's around the clock seven days a week. This week, I had uh, I had Gerald Schoenfeld of the Schoenfeld Theaters. I had, you know, the Schubert Organization. I had, uh, uh, what's his name? Rick Burns, Ken and Rick Burns, the documentary makers. Do you, and how long do you get to do? Is it a half hour? But, no, about seven minutes. Seven minute features. I had I had, uh, I had Judy Gold go to the show called 25 Questions for a Jewish Mother. I like Judy Gold. She's very short. She's about six foot three without shoes on. <laughs> now, do you still, I know you still see all the Broadway shows. Cause I, yeah, I, well, I, I meet you this year. We're both the right. first night. Do you still try and see all the Broadway shows? Yeah, I try to make them. I, you know, I, I think I was the first... Uh, Media critic, or, or maybe I was right after Stuart Kline. Remember yeah, Stuart, Stuart on Channel 5, yes. Yeah, he's gone now. Well, yeah. Well, lots of people. Um, for, I mean, that's the beauty of your lasting this long and keeping going. The average age of my friends is deceased. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're actually, if people, let's disabuse people of, of a certain notion. You're in your mid to late 70s. It's not like you're right, in your 90s. I'm close, close to 80, but I tell the girls I'm 39. I look, I look, yeah. I look very young. I look about maybe 60. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I'm enjoying life. I just, do you exercise? Do you eat well? Or do you just, uh, whatever you want to do? I don't exercise. The only saving grace, I guess, I don't drink and I don't smoke. I don't curse, but I don't exercise enough. I don't think my blood pressure will be elevated, but I'm taking diaphan for that, so I guess that's bringing that down. But otherwise, I'm uh, I'm mm. holding my own for a guy my age. I'm, I'm doing pretty well, I think, you know. And are you still running that? First, you had that restaurant, but then it was just the comedy segment of it. Are you still? Well, running? no, I'm still the boss. I had my name out front that day for five years, called Joe Franklin's Memory Lane on 45th Street, and 8th Avenue, and uh, we had a merge with Charlie O down the block with Charlie O. Boss. At least they raised they raised their rent from seventy five thousand a month to three hundred thousand a month, which I cannot believe that. So now we merged. We got my name in the window. Joe Franklin's comedy club. I'm, I'm still the boss. I'm still the business. It's a restaurant. Now we've got a, a new comedy club. It's Fridays on 7th Avenue and 50th Street. Oh. It's a big one now. Joan Rivers comes in there. Jackie Mason, Bill Cosby. It's, it's Friday and Saturday nights. Um, Do you ever go on vacations to places, or have you, are you always in New York? No, well, I've, I've never been. I give you a list of things I've never done. You'd, you'd never believe it. I've never had a driver's license. You know, I've driven a car, but I've never had a lot. I've never, never went to <laughs> a beach. I've went, never had my feet in the sand. You You're know, kidding I mean? me. I never, never played golf. Never played cards. I just, I was at my at my peak, Dave. I was doing three TV shows a day. I was on three times a day on Channel Nine. I was on Channel Seven, fifteen years, and Channel uh, Nine for, for, for thirty years. And I just. 
never stopped. Just kept on going. Do you miss having the? I mean, you do still have the, the Bloomberg interviews, but do you miss the, having that five or six hours of radio time or the hour a day of TV time? No, no. I may go back and see. I got about six companies. I promised I'd go back. Oh. Cable channels. I may and I may not. I, I had to give up the all night radio show after all those years I was starting it. You know, when you're on from midnight to five, about about three o'clock in the morning, you start to blur your words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You tired. I'm not. Uh, different when I was 17 or 23, but uh, it's fun, and I, I I do a lot of I'm very popular on the university on the campus level. The kids, the students like me. I do a lot of college lectures. I'm going to go to Cornell in about a week or two again. At the hotel, the restaurant school, you know. It's, uh, I, I do a lot of a lot of uh, lectures at colleges, nursing homes, the old lovely. No, no. I'm I'm wondering. You mentioned that you do have the son who is um, you know selling the women's stuff. But what about the person, God forbid, I mean, here's hoping you'll be with us till you're 120. At least but, a week, week more from now, right? Yeah. But after, I mean, have you thought about sort of who will deal with everything so that it doesn't just go nowhere or just, just wind up on, I mean, maybe a museum or something? Have you, have yeah. you thought about what's going to happen to your stuff? I'm the great procrastinator. I keep saying I'm going to organize a museum or an exhibition or something someday soon, and I guess... I guess someday I will, but I just uh, just haven't gotten around to it. It's one of those sad things. I just uh, I'm so lazy, but I'll, I'll, I'll get around to it. Lazy, I really lazy is not a word I would I would associate with you. What would you say? Or I'm, I'm, we're, we're coming to the end of this segment, but I, I don't even want to let you go. It's just uh, so I'll great come to back to part two whenever you. Want. By the way, I think we ought to mention that I've written 24 books. And my new one uh-huh. is called Joe Franklin's Great Entertainment Trivia. It's a, it's a game. It's an interactive game. It's already sold 45,000 copies. Lovely. And, and they're all in my house, though. I don't want to get It's a big, big seller. <laughs> no, anybody who listens to your radio show knows that you and Richie used to do the, the trivia questions. Oh, and, yeah. So. The trivia is a big... I, I should have invented trivia. I should have put out trivia, Trivial Pursuit, but I, I was just I was so preoccupied. But it, it's, a, it's a big... It's, it's a very popular book called... Joe Franklin's Great Entertainment Trivia is published by Square One in Long Island. And, uh, right. Have you got your copy? Not yet. The, the second thing I promised to, to get me one. I know that when I was a kid, I read your silent film book, oh, cover to cover, again and again. I mean, that sold over a million. That's called Joe. That's called Classics of the, the Silent, silent Screen. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. also the one you did on comedians. I mean, you, your books are just fun. I wrote Joe Franklin's awfully corny joke book. Joe Franklin's number uh, one cookbook. It's, uh, it's and it. there was an, an autobiography. Of you a while. Like, oh yeah, that was years ago. up late with Joe Franklin. I wrote a book with Marilyn Monroe. What? Oh yeah, if you look on eBay, it sells for eight thousand dollars. It's called the Marilyn Monroe story by Joe Franklin, about nineteen fifty-three. And uh, the reason it sells for that because the publisher died. He died the day it came out, and only a few thousand copies were, were released to the public. So it sells for eight thousand dollars on eBay now. And it's, very hard to find. It. Well, I guess I want to ask then. I mean, it was an authorized biography, right? You were able well, to absolutely. Yes, I, I began. I started the book with her. We did the first two or three weeks together. I met her on a radio program called Luncheon at Sardi's before anybody signed. I was, I met her. I was, I was seated there between Marilyn Monroe and Molly Peacock. Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> so then they took her away in the middle. But, but, well. the, but she, how was Marilyn to deal with and talk to when the cameras weren't rolling? Very sweet, very pretty, very beautiful. Shoes. Loved men, loved men. I, I had nothing with her, by the way. The men would think they were conquering her. She was conquering them. She had a great need for men, you know? Hmm. Was she with um, DiMaggio or with uh, Miller at that point? 
when he was... I don't think either. I think she was just here from California. She was unhappy with the movies they were assigning to her, and she came into... Uh, go to Strasbourg School and brush up on her acting procedure, her acting technique, but I don't think she was married to either of them yet. Did you sense tragedy going to happen to that, that she was not going to be with us? Or you just saw a sweet girl? And That's all, just a sweet kid, nice kid. I, it was just very sad the way it went with her, the way I went now with Anna Nicole Smith. The, the oh, well, yeah. Carol Lombard when she was so young, all these beautiful blonde ladies. Why do you think it happens? I don't know. And look at Veronica Lake, who was my anchor lady for a hundred times on TV. She just died at the age of 53, which is, you know, not, not as bad as 36 well, or yeah. 39, but still it's, it's sad, sad endings. My, my, uh, Veronica Lake, uh, David, in, in 1944, mm-hmm. was the highest salary woman in, in, in movies, and then in 1950, uh, she got a congressional medal for what she did for the war bonds, and then about two years later, she was taken out of her house bodily and placed in the gutter. I'm not saying income tax, you know. It's, oh, yeah. the, the system could be cruel. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, she wasn't on alcohol or drugs or anything. No, it was just never was. Failing no. to pay. Just that boyfriend, her husband, who uh, did some creative bookkeeping, you know. Hello, this is Joe Franklin. That's in Joe Franklin's memory lane. You're joining me and listening to Dave's Gone By on WGBB. Well, who are some of the more um, happy success stories of whom, that you interviewed more than once, that you had something of a professional... Well, like Georgie Jessel about uh, 10 times. Yeah. Rudy Valley about 90 times. Otto Preminger about 75 times. Now, he must have been kind of interesting. He was kind of a pretty stern... Uh, he liked me. He just liked me. If he likes you, he likes you. I, I gave the first exposure to... Uh, Jennifer O'Neill to uh, uh, so many, but it's it's gratifying. Bill, I mean, you know, most of them don't come back. Most of them, people always say, do they come back? Most of them don't because I, I sort of symbolize. I, I represent them at the time they were broke. They don't want to be reminded. They see me, they remind you at the time they were broke, so they walk across the street when they see me. But uh, I don't think that's true. Any, I mean, you, I remember you saying that years and years ago. I don't think that's true. Now you're such human, a legend yourself. Probably human nature. Oh. I like the word legend. The other night, I went to see Michael Feinstein at the club, and he said, my audience as a young fellow spent his whole life chronicling the legends, and in doing so, became a legend himself. And he introduced me, which I thought was a nice introduction, you know? It is, and it's actually true. It's not, that is not hyperbole. You really uh, are a, a broadcasting legend, and I think that's so well, cool. Did you ever, in, in all the years that you can remember, did you ever lose your temper during a show? Not really. I don't think so. I kept cool. I kept cool. I think the... Uh, I think the audience could always tell that I was uh, cool. Uh, certain guests didn't excite me. And they could read between the lines. But uh, people used to say, Joe Franklin is neutral, he's bland, he doesn't he doesn't take sides. But there were other people who could read between the lines. And I, I could make a very strong acid point, but I made it in such a way that I was uh, what you might call lovable and kissable and huggable. I did it in a nice way. I can get away with it. You know, I could make the same perfect point that an Alan Burke or, or, or Joe Pine could make. But I did it in a cute And if the the whole thing, all of the nostalgia, the film, the, the radio and all, had not worked out, what do you think you would have wound up doing? Well, my original intent was journalism. I, took, I went to Columbia for two years, and then when I got the job in radio, I never went back and never finished college. Oh. I, I'd, I'd be a, a writer. I'd, uh, you know, I'd, I'd written the books. I'd probably be working on a newspaper. But uh, Do you regret not finishing college, or is that... Nah, no, I, nobody, no, I, I did okay. I just... I regret people, but I wanted on the show that uh, I just uh, I, I would see them around town. That they scared me. I, scared, I, I would remember Fred Allen, the comedian. 
Yeah, well, not personally, but yes, I know. Greg under his eyes. Groucho Marx, who always looked so dour. And Bert Lahr and George S. Kaufman. Later on, in every case, I found out when they died, they were only waiting to be invited on the Joe Franklin show, you know? So just because those are the ones I would have invited, even though I never invited anybody. But they scared me. I learned later on to be a little bit more aggressive, a little more aggressive, you know? I think someone asked you a long, long time ago who the, the one person you wished you had, like, Hang on, was it Garbo? Was Greta Garbo, yeah. We'd meet around town. We'd meet in, perspective, in retrospectives of her movies. And she'd smile at me, but she wouldn't come on here. I would play her soundtracks on the radio, and I could hear her, her companion would call me up and say that Miss Garbo was listening. I could hear her sniffling. So she, I know she was very much aware of me, but she wouldn't go on. Just because she was afraid that fans would see that she had aged, or was it I guess that's the reason. It's like, it's like, that's a great point. It's like Marilyn Monroe, Greta Garbo, they're frozen in time. Had they lived on and seen them when they were older and wrinkled, it would have uh, shattered that wonderful illusion we have. You think of now the way they were when they were young and beautiful, you know? Well, that's why I wear a mask every time I leave the radio station. I mean, I don't want people to see that I'm not the adorable. 17. Yeah. What's the last show you saw there? Oh, oh, thanks for asking. Um, actually, I saw the off-Broadway show, Howard Katz. Um, uh, yeah, pretty good? Pretty good. Yeah. Um, Alfred Molina is very good in it. Um, I'm not going to win the Academy Award this year. Afraid mm. not. No, it just it's not doesn't hang together, although the playwright's earlier works are really good. He did Closer and Dealer's Choice, and those are wonderful plays. Mm. But Katz doesn't... Re- did you see Journey's End? I saw it the other night. I liked it. That's terrific. That's, I mean, it's a, it's a marvelous old play. Very noisy, eh? Well, towards the end of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody, it's funny, I thought, I am someone who despises loud, startling noises in the theater. Right. I don't want to be shocked like that. But if it's, in this particular case, I thought the noise was absolutely apt. And Very not apropos. overdone. Yeah. It was really important. And the acting was sensational. Yeah, literally, pretty much from man to man. Everyone from Boyd Gaines on down. There, there were just... It's a really, really good production. Well, Dave, I hope you come on my show one day soon. Anytime, Joe. Tape it, and I hope that you'll be watching for my book. Of course, please remind people um, the name of the book and where they can get it. It's called Joe Franklin's Great Entertainment uh, Trivia Game. I guess it's on uh, any bookstore or Amazon.com. It's now in its third printing, you know. Who's the publisher? The first two printings were blurred. Once the, the <laughs> publisher is, uh, is uh, Square One. Square One. Very beautiful people. And I think they're in place great great people speaking of beautiful and great people and the the best the greatest person who ever lived ladies and gentlemen is on my radio show right now joe franklin what a pleasure what a joy it has been to talk to you and please remind folks the most important thing about what it means to be to do anything in your life to to be a a host or anything what what is the most important you got to tell me well main thing is uh don't bump into the furniture Uh uh-huh don't leave your wallet in the dressing room Mm-hmm. They get stolen, and, and above all, they. I would always ask my guests for some little maxim, something inspirational toward the end of the interview. And it was uh, Harry Ritz who said, "May you live as long as you want, and may you never want as long as you live." So uh, that's sweet. That's. I was always also talking about the one about why you know it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. I got that from Eddie Cantor. That's been picked up by George Burns and a lot of people. So. Listen, all well, we want is to keep on as long as we can keep on keeping on. And, and uh, you know, there's a kind of a youth quake going on now where the word nostalgia is almost a dirty word. So we're going we're gonna to 
keep fighting the tide as long as we can, right? God bless you. I hope you do. I hope we all do. Joe Franklin, a pleasure to have you in the neighborhood. Dave, my pleasure. I mean, my pleasure. And, and, and do invite me back, please. Anytime. God bless you and yours, Dave. There is a season. Turn, turn, turn. Turn the pages of Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine. Because this is the season for Broadway. All the big shows are opening in the next few weeks. Learn about them all. For 64 years, Performing Arts Insider has been the Bible of Broadway. Find out why by going to PerformingArtsInsider.com. Subscriptions are 10% off for Dave's Gone By listeners. So turn, turn, turn to Performing Arts Insider for every show under heaven. Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. Yes, Performing Arts Insider brings you Inside Broadway almost every episode of Dave's Gone By. And I'm here with Jeff Goodman, who's going to join me in this segment that celebrates Broadway and off, because I think we've both seen one of the shows I want to review on this segment, Curtains, the new musical from Candor and partially Ebb, before Ebb flowed and <laughs> died. Oh, come on. Well, and also Joseph Stein. Joseph Stein was uh, not Joseph no, no, Stein. No. Um, Rupert Holmes. Rupert Holmes. But who else wrote the book? Who uh, passed away? Oh, Peter Stone. Peter Stone. What happened was they they they've been working on this musical for a long time, and in that time, two of the people died. But they they continue again. It's really the and last ironically, it's, show. it's a murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, right. About who about who died? So you saw it. I saw it. You. I liked it more than you did. Although we both thought it was that. Great. I was just disappointed, Dave. Why were you disappointed, Jeff? I it just I expected so much better quality from. There's so much talent on the stage behind this this musical mm-hmm. that, and it just doesn't appear. It's like really weird. It's just like wasted talent. I don't think it's completely wasted because it's. I do think it's an enjoyable musical. It's to okay. An extent, it, it has ebbs and flows. Like there's times when you're really fun and really into it, and times when you're amused. But you're kind of like, has, it feels it like Martin Klein. Flows and you're really candor about that? But I'm, but I like your candor about that. Very well done. But it never quite sinks like a stone. <laughs> but it never feels like Holmes. It never sends you out to your Holmes humming. Well, actually, no. There, see, that's the thing. There's nothing that I could point to that I would go, except for one segment that I think is totally misplaced and doesn't work at all. That, that's where they reprise the end of Act 1 like six times. That. And also there's this, this saloon kind of that's big number, number in that's Act number, 1. That's the number. And, for, and the show's working fine until then. And they have this big production number with Karen Ziemba, who was playing like who kind is, of a lead woman. You know what's great, what, what? what's great and not great about her is that she'll never be a leading lady, but she's no. so talented, but she doesn't have that spark. She doesn't. I mean, she's. She, I just don't get her as a leading lady. She's really good. I saw her in um, what's the, the the dance musical. She was quite good in that. The the one with Susan Stroman. I know. At Lincoln Center, you know the one I'm talking about. Yes, the girl I know. In the Did you dress. move? Yes, yes. With her, that was the middle segment. Yes, I know. Of the three one acts. And the one with the big swing in the first act. Yes. Well, anyway, she was fine in that. But everything else I've seen her in, I've admired her talent to an extent. And yet I was just like, something's not there. And it's not there again in this. And also it's not the most, it's a little bit of a thankless part, as is the one for Jason Danielli. 
And yeah. this, why don't you actually just tell the, the quick synopsis of what well, happens Well, basically, what, it's a show that's on its uh, pre-Broadway tryout, and they get to Boston, and the, the, the reviews are murderous, mm-hmm. and then the leading lady gets killed. Right. And so what happens is a detective, played by David Hyde Pierce, he's the guy who played Frazier's brother on Frazier, and who was also in Spam a lot a year or two ago. So he comes in, he's a detective, and he seals off the theaters. Nobody can leave, because one of the people, one of the actors, or the, somebody in that theater at that time, had to be responsible for the murder. So a couple of other murders go on, and he's questioning everybody, and he's falling in love with the ingenue. It's, it's a great idea for a musical, and they got... Rupert Holmes, who was an expert at crafting the sort of things of whodunits and making it like you think who did what, and he he does the good twisty stuff. I just don't think we care that much about it, and we laugh because David Hyde Pierce, I think, proves again that he is a leading comedy man in this. Now I didn't get that too much. I wasn't. I thought he was okay, not great. I I thought the person who really saves the show and Forgive me, because I can't think of his name. Right Edward now. Hibbert. Edward Hibbert. Oh yeah, he's also a Fraser alumnus. Yeah, he was in Jeffrey, and he was in a couple of other other things. But he, if you remember him, what was his character on Fraser? He was the upper crusty kind. And of... He was the food critic. Who's oh Fraser? Yes, yes, and he brings that to the role of the not the choreographer, the director. The... He's yeah, that's right. He is the, the director in. The who, show who the takes show. credit for everything? <laughs> <laughs> everything good that is. He's he's, he's quite excellent, in, in, and you wait for him to deliver every line that he gets because the lines are funny, and he makes them even funnier. Mm-hmm. The same I can't quite say happens with Deborah Monk, right. another talented actress, where she oversells a little bit, and her lines are more crude usually than funny. We kind of know she's supposed funny. to be funnier, yeah. but they're just not. They're like, oh, she's going to say something really she, crude You know now. what it is? It comes out crude instead of sassy. It yeah. should have come out sassy. Yeah. Sassy think, funny. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, she... And I love yeah. Deborah Monk. I really, really do. Okay. But okay. I'm so disappointed. I'm just... I'm like, a, I'm like a parent. I'm very disappointed with them. <laughs> I really am. I expected so much more. Oh, and, and, and I mean, I went to the theater and had a good time, okay? So if you if you go by that criterion, I don't think you're going to have a bad time at Curtains. I mean, you're going to enjoy some of the songs. And one thing I noticed that, that was still working here in, in the music, in the tunes, they, they know how to do a last line of either a stanza or especially of a song. They know how to take something in the very last line of a song and twist it ever so little mm. and give it an extra meaning and makes it go, wow. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, here's an obvious lyricist. one. He's a very good lyricist. But, but I, I also wanted to say that um, there is a song that they say that they didn't write about... Um, uh, Fred, Fred Ebb passed away, right? right? In other words, John Kander and Fred wrote a song posthumously, I guess, with Holmes or with... Uh, with Holmes. Yeah, and it was about, I miss the music we used to make right. in love. And, so and it was a lovely little love letter to what seemed to be a love letter to Fred Ebb, but it wasn't, so he says. Oh, he, well, the critics took it that way. The critics wanted to see that song as the, the valedictory, like the thank you for writing Zorba and Chicago and Cabaret and The Rink With Me and, and the song New York, New York. So, yeah, and it's one of the better songs in the show, and there are some good It's a lovely little moment. Too. It really yeah. is a lovely moment. Well, I don't know. I, I, 
mixed review, but kind of a thumbs up for me on um, on Curtains, which is uh, playing on Broadway. At the Martin Beck Theater. I don't know if it's going to last. I didn't quite get the feeling that it was going to be a, a hit, I have to I say. I think it's going to be a minor hit. I think they'll get, you know, they'll get most of the, you know, the blue-haired women to come to it. And yeah. They'll get, you know, they'll, they'll come, tr- they'll see it, and they too will be, oh, well, that was nice. It's not going to be, they're not going to go gaga over it. No, no. But we'll see, we'll see if that's enough in today's economics of Broadway. Well, let's face it, some really good productions don't last, and some really mediocre productions last. But but that's the thing. For me, this show is good enough to last for a bit, because it, I found it enjoyable. Anyway, let's. Um, I also want to get to an off-Broadway show that I saw. I actually took my wife and mother-in-law to, because I think it would be like an appropriate show to bring them to, called Sealed. As if there's ever an appropriate time to spend time with your mother, wife and mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. No, she's, she's fine. She's really cool. So we wanted to see this show about... A Tupperware party in the 1960s. Women gather in the home. These are these youngish to middle-aged women. And I don't think we have to explain what Tupperware parties are. There was lots of burping going on. Actually, there's a, a huge, giant fart in the show, which I kind of enjoyed. When we think that a woman's going to be... I'll, I'll give it away, because you're not really going to go out and see the show, because it's not good enough to go see. But there, there's a, what we assume might be a... Uh, a birth about to happen. There's a very, very pregnant woman on stage, and she goes into labor, assumedly, and then it turns out just to be horrible gas, and she lets off an enormous fart. That's the level of humor in Silver Reckless, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, and that is my kind of humor, except it really is pretty lame throughout the show. Doug Stone is the author and the director of the show, which should give you a clue because he's also a co-producer kind of tells you something about <laughs> who's putting that on. And when we saw it about a week and a half ago, it was a Wednesday matinee, and the uh, the audience was a third full, which probably tells you why they just announced that it's closing at the end of April. <laughs> I'm surprised it's hanging on until then. It's, it has laughs. It's kind of cute, and it keeps you involved, and it's a typical thing. There, there, these are repressed women. There's a housewife whose husband doesn't appreciate it, appreciate her and sort of mistreats her. There's the one who wants to be the perfect housewife. There's the very cynical, bitter... If you think in terms of, like... Is it Joanne in Company? Who's who's the one who sings Ladies for Lunch? Well, Which character is that? The, the, the Stritch. Yeah. <laughs> or, in, or in this particular case, Barbara Walsh. But, but <laughs> yeah. in uh, Silk Professionals, they have a character like that, only she's really pregnant. And she's even nastier really? than, than the woman in Company. So she's, she's really well, being vicious. And we just wonder, well, why don't the others just throw her out? But yeah, they let her, in, not just be insulting in a cute way, she's just really a bitch. And, and yet she stays. Well, we can't throw out our big funny character. Exactly. So, I mean, there are all sorts of ridiculous plot points and, and loopholes and, and stuff. The occasional laugh, it's, uh, it's called Seal for Freshness. If you really want to see it, it's running until April 29th at Off-Broadway's Dodger Stages, couple of okay it's performances. It's not the Dodger Stages anymore. They really or New that. World. New World Stages, excuse me. Over on uh, West 50th Street. So, um, before we let go of Inside Broadway, any other shows that you've seen really recently, Jeff? Nope. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to the end of this program right after this. We've just been Inside Broadway. Thanks to TotalTheater.com and Performing Arts Insider.
Advertise, advertise. Come on, everybody, come and advertise. Bring your message to my listeners. Dave's gone by. We have great rates for 30 and 60 second ads. By next week, everybody listening to this show can learn about your restaurant, business, or service. See the rate card at davesgoneby.org. Advertise, advertise. It's a wonderama when you advertise. Davesgoneby.org. If you want a sponsor, call or email me. Yes, indeed. Email davesgoneby at aol.com if you want to advertise, if you want to buy CDs of the program, and believe me, I mean, I, I can understand why you want a copy of this show to hear this that wonderful interview with Joe Franklin. So again, davesgoneby at aol.com is the email address, and also for a lot of information about the program, go to davesgoneby.org. So... Gosh, it's 12.02 a.m., by the way. Oh, no. Let me get your mic on, Jeff. What? Oh, that would be org for original. Yeah. Not com for com. No, or organal, something like that. By the way, um, it is 12.02 a.m. We've, we've gone through April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day is over. No fooling. But it's April 2nd on WGBB Freeport, a.m. 1240. I didn't get to do this. The station for inspiration and perspiration. That's right. And you can listen on the web at am1240wgbb.com. Or you could just keep where you're listening to it now. Yeah, that's true. If you're already listening, <laughs> you don't really need to know that. But yeah. Oh, boy. What a, what a cool show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A bunch of thank yous. First of all, Joe Franklin. Joe. Listen to him on Bloomberg Radio. Uh, get his trivia book that, that's out now from Square One Publishing. He's, he's better than one. He's 12 of a kind. How is that? Yeah, there's only one Joe Franklin. That's true. That's true. There's only one Joe, and we had him here, and I'm thrilled. I would love to have him. Joe, if you're listening, come back anytime. We will take the neighborhood and turn it into the Joerhood as well, because you're just the best. And also, big thank you to Anthony Pomus, the uh, publicist who hooked me up with Joe and the book and all that. Uh, I want to thank also, well, besides Jeff Goodman, who's, who's been my co-host this oh, week. Oh. Him, him, him. I want to thank Mom and Dad. Got to see them this afternoon at a nice little post-anniversary lunch for both my wife and me and for uh, them, because we both recently had anniversaries. So, yay. Nice. So, and wishing you a happy Passover. Happy Pesach to, to you. Uh, and, of course, my beloved wife. I'm not going to forget this time. I'm going to say a lovely, beautiful thing about my lovely, beautiful wife, don't Joyce. Don't forget your anniversary, Dave. I didn't forget it, but I didn't say... I just kind of let it slide last week. I was like, oh, and, and happy anniversary, Joyce. And boom, I was off and running. Or I said... I think I said something like, it's we've been le- married nine years, and it feels like nine years or something like that. It's the leather anniversary. Don't forget that. Oh, yes. I wouldn't. And next year, it's the high heel anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, call me when we get to the dildo anniversary. I think that'll be the good one. I don't Why? know. I don't know. That's something for Uranus, but... Anywho, what else do I want to do? I want to give a couple of shout-outs to the folks at uh, the National Publicity Summit. That was fun. I did that this week. And Let's thank the woman from New Jersey. Minna, who called in during the pre-show. We hope you were listening for Dave's Gone By. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, thanks so much. It was great. I hope we have a, a weekly listener now in New Jersey. Had no idea. Yeah, now we have a library in uh, library woman in... We're called librarians, but yes, <laughs> in, in the South Shore of Long Island. He hasn't called in recently. I know. Oh, Pam. Pam, number one fan. You know what? If you want to call in, Pam? I think Minna can go up against Pam for number one fan now. 
You know that. Well, no, no. Miller, Miller was in a little big time. Miller has not called or made her presence known during days gone by. Oh, she will. Well, six three one eight 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 one one. If Pam and or Mina want to give us a buzz, six three one eight 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 one one. We could have voting for number one fan. Yeah. We could pit them against each other. What do you think? Or we can have a voting for like top five fans, and like, we know who number one is. We have no idea who three, four, and five would be. Well, my dad is in there somewhere. I know that. But he can't win because he's related. Yeah, that's true. Or or any of your friends, your friends, right? Anywho, hey, we we gotta say our sponsors again. Oh, that'd be mortgages. Do the mortgagesrack.com theme song for us. I can't. It's already. It's kind of cute on there. Okay. I I did like that. Well, wait a minute. Maybe I can. Hold on. It's um, number eight. Give me a second. Okay. One, two, three. Mortgagesrock.com. 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 Online training is free. It's fast. Need no explaining. Designed for your success. It's easy. That doesn't rhyme with fast. At Mortgagesrock.com. But I have a problem with the rhyme there. I know, I know. It's a, it's a local, uh, but it's a catchy song. You know, they, they, um, it's syncopated. Andy Leibowitz over at MortgagesRock.com was really excited about it. He finally got a, like, he wasn't, not that he was unhappy with my ads, but he really wanted a professional kind of studio job. And he got one, I Is think. Is he calling us unprofessional? Uh, no, I'm calling us unprofessional. <laughs> no, no, no. And who else do we have to thank as far as sponsors go? Oh, yes. Performing Arts Insider, the Bible of Broadway. That is indeed 10% off for subscriptions for, for, for and Dave's And 75% Combinator. off yesterday. On April Fool's Day. Ha ha. And fancy schmancy balloons, which you are the owner and proprietor of. Sorry for the dangling participle there. Well, why should people call you at fancy schmancy? Because we can, of course, serve all your party needs. That's right. Balloons, centerpieces, and you can also hook people up with we bands can, and flowers. We are the total party professionals. That's right. 516-797-3229. We are the king of all parties. 516-797-3229. Yeah. And finally, Hewlett Minuteman Press. How could we forget them? 10% off also there for our listeners. I have a good song for them. Yeah. Hewlett Minuteman Press. Hewlett Minuteman Press. Hewlett Minuteman Press. Hewlett Minuteman Press. 1315 Broadway in Hewlett, Long Island. 569-5577 is their number. Area and it's a great place to make copies, 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 copies. copies, copies. And see, that was, that was kind of my pun thing in the, the new ad that we did. It was very punny. Minute Minuteman, Minuteman, because I'm copying the words, copies. I got it. He, well, you got it, but people are tired. Maybe they're listening, and they were like, why is it repeating like that? Why is it on echo? Because I'm making copies. Get it? Okay, now they get it. Okay, Dave, yeah. maybe you should make a new funny. Make a funny one people can realize one at, at 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> so that okay. people go, oh, yes, I know what that's. That's so funny. Because it's Minuteman Press. It's like 1776. Could you do a revolutionary new theme song? Oh, I didn't think of that, you know? Or I did a long time ago trying to do, like, a revolution. I couldn't think of what to do. Paul Revere maybe having to make copies of the big proclamation or something. One if by land, two if by sea. But you can make thousands at Minuteman Press. <laughs> you got it. That's our ad. We'll, we'll, we'll do that, like, next week. We'll, we'll get that one down. That's it. That's, that's the tagline. I love it. Hey, everybody. want to remind you about a couple of things of where you can hear this show and also the other show that I do with Jeff on a different radio station. We do another show, Dave? Yeah, we do. Not often. 
but uh, every other week. And when, when I'm not when I'm not in Thailand or sleeping or <laughs> sick, yeah. Well, oh, no, that one I do sick. Yeah, right. <laughs> that shows out in Stony Brook. As it turns out, people think I'm funnier when I'm ill. Well, there was one episode of that. It's one of the funniest things you ever did. It was um, I thought was it there? I think it was here. No, it might have been there. The tooth episodes. You were just no, no, no. It wasn't the tooth one. You were sick as a dog. You were on the phone. And falling asleep. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and we were just coming to you, and, and Joyce and I were on the phone, my wife and I. We're, we're doing most of the show together, because you were that, That's the one where I fell asleep on the air. Right? Yeah. And, and we thought, isn't that right, Jeff? And you'd be like, Because uh, you're in <laughs> horrible pain. And, of course, pain, other people's pain is really, really funny. So it's great. That's OPP. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jeff. But as you can see, Jeff is knock wood, right as rain, alive, well... Happy and and come in. He's still pretty funny when he's like that. So you can hear him be like that every other week on WUSB. That's a radio station out in Stony Brook, ninety point one FM. They also have a website WUSB dot FM, and that website's important because our show airs every other Friday from three in the morning until six thirty a.m. Three a.m. to six thirty a.m. So if you're not an early riser, obviously you're going to miss the show. But you can hear the program on their website within a week after it airs. You know it's really good with that doing that? What? Because I just found that you can play it on your, you can hear it on your audio and do other work while you're doing it. So well, it's yes. like having the radio on. Well, yeah, that's a, you can do that also with episodes of this program. No kidding. In two different places. First of all, thanks to Live365.com and a little station they have at that web portal called dfsxradio.com. They play a vintage episode of Dave's Gone By every Thursday night and every Saturday night at 11 Eastern Time. How old is a vintage Dave's Gone By? It could be anywhere from four years old to a couple of weeks ago. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm vintage now? Well, no, it'd be about a few months back. So what well, happens still is vintage. They get a stack of CDs after a while of older shows. They just... Shuffle them? They shuffle them, they put them on MP3, and they put them, and they play them for people to listen to. You you have to listen Thursday nights or Saturday nights at 11. It's not like you can tune in any time. But they're there, they come in great on the computer, and again, you can listen, do on the computer what you want. work. Yeah. Do, 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 do. So that's at dfsxradio.com. Again, there are links from davesgoneby.org to it. And there are links on davesgoneby.org to theaterpod.com. And that's a place where you can listen to 25 different vintage episodes of Dave's Gone By any time of day for free. They're all there. They're archived. You can click. You can, you can go forward if you want to skip a segment or go back and hear it again. 25, no obligation, no fee. You just go there. They're on the lo- online. And Dave, I forgot to mention one thing. This yeah. For the last two hours. What's that? You can also go to YouTube.com and see my episode of The Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you Google, or, or you go, I guess, YouTube, you, you have a YouTube ligation, and you do the name Jeff. No, no, Jeffrey it, it or Jeff Goodman. Be, no, it has to be under Contestant Gives Bob the Shirt Off His Back, something like that. No, but you're also there with Charlie. Oh, yes, that's true. Yes, if you, you Google can see, Jeff, Jeff Goodman, Jeffrey Goodman, it's all the same. Right, you'll, you'll see a couple of his episodes of the theater show that you do with Charlie Gross on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. But more importantly, I was on The Price, Price is right. right. Yes, okay. I knew we couldn't get through a show without your mentioning The Price is Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, what else do we have to um, do here? Oh, I, I did this on the, the 
Little Big Time pre-show as well. But if people hadn't heard, and I didn't even know about this, and I try and read the papers every day, but I read Phil Mushnick's column in the Post today, oh. and uh, Jerry Gerard died. If, if the name doesn't ring a bell, people who... He was the sports channel on Channel 11, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the sports... On the news, guy. Well, he didn't sad. do sports broadcasts. But he lived, he, 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 he lived to a fairly old age. Well, 74. He died of cancer uh, this past week. And he was good. He was one of those people. He was lower key. He was a little guy. He had uh, kind of a comb-over haircut. Probably, possibly. It looked sort of like a toupee. Maybe it was his real hair. But he was, he was smallish. And he was sarcastic in a cool way, in a quiet way. And one of the more likable and watchable. I mean, instead of the Warner Wolf with the let's go to the videotape and swish and the Scott Clarks and, and those folks, Jerry was just Do you not much like Len Berman? down to earth. He was closer to Len Berman. You know, even a little more intellectualish, if you can say that about him, than, than that, Berman. You know who we also have to thank? Who's that? The, um, the what was it, Mod, the group that was here? Oh, most, well, that's, that's for stuff coming up. Thank you for reminding me. Upcoming on future episodes of Dave's Gone By, we have an interview with, first of all, Jay Jacobs, who wrote a biography, unauthorized, but a pretty good biography, of Tom Waits, called uh, Tom's Wild Years, or maybe it's The Wild Years. We, we've been saving that for the right week, and it's going to be coming soon. So. Remind me, I don't want to be here, though. Oh, Jeff, for some insane reason, hates Tom Waits, because Jeff just has no musical taste whatsoever. Uh, I mean, he likes show tunes, but other than that. And then... And I like the 80s stuff. Give me the bangles, the B-52s. I like the bangles. Bangles were great, but it's a shame that you don't like or understand Tim Tom Buck Waits. Timbuk 3, I like Timbuk 3. Yeah, one good song. In the future, so bright, I've got to wear shades. And... Um, but also coming up on Dave's Gone By soon, probably next week. I, I haven't fully decided that, but a band for called... For Easter. For Easter, mostly Mop Chop, which is a Beatles tribute band, and they sound pretty darn good. And they're awfully nice guys. Really nice guys, so... And it, it's going to be a really fun hour. We'll talk and I hear Joe Franklin feels very highly about them. Joe Franklin calls them even better than the Beatles. Joe Franklin <laughs> says they're better than the Beatles, the Stones, and Tchaikovsky combined. So that's really? pretty exciting. So, anyway, really cool stuff coming up on Dave's Gone By in the weeks ahead. Do not miss it. So, I want to tell people before we get out of here that hopefully, hopefully, Jeff and I will be back next Sunday at 10. What he's really hoping for is that I show up. (laughs) (laughs) That's the point. No, but for... for, um, at 10 o'clock, we've been doing the one-hour pre-show called The Little Big Time. We may lose that due to a schedule Well, we always change. did it as a little big time, but at this time, it's a little bit bigger big time. Yeah. But no, we might lose the whole hour. That's uh, what I'm, I'm telling no. you now. Please, call up your G- GBB. They won't care, but call them up anyway and annoy them. Say so you won't listen to whatever they put on other than The Little, the little Big, big time. time. But no matter what... We will certainly be here, as we are every week, at 11 on Sunday with Dave's Gone By. So we will be back next Sunday, April 8th, 2007, with the 215th episode of Dave's Gone By. 215, what is the area code? I think that's Philly, isn't it? I don't know. You were supposed to look these things up, remember? Yeah, but I've been busy. So there. Why don't you look them up? Sure, show. Yeah, that's true. Until next week. When I get the big paycheck, I'll look them up. How's that? Uh, When I get the big paycheck, I'll look them up. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Until then, until next week, don't miss your days going by. 
Mm, this is Dave Lepkowitz wishing you good night, my friends. Wishing you good luck, good days, good Passover. Remember, it's nice to be important, but more important to be healthy and properly medicated, my friends. Happy post-Palm Sunday. Happy almost Easter. And, of course, happy Pesach next year in Jerusalem. And then we all have a bite of the life-size naked chocolate Jesus. Yes. Mmm. It's, it's crucifixion good, my friends. So, next week, right back here. Blasphemy. You always have to do some blasphemy in there. Yes, yes, yes I do. And Especially we, since we're on, uh, we're, we're on um, time for our little... Well, you brought it up. Will you, br- will you the... let me finish the show? Will you please let me finish this program? No, who never. I was on this Joe Fightman roll there. Well, keep doing it. Well, I was You're trying abs- to. Absolutely. One of my favorite, favorite broadcasters. Keep going. You do your Joe Franklin. No, no, I don't do a good Joe Franklin. Well, all right. Well. I just love him to death. I want to take him home and just squish him. Just, <laughs> like, you, I you Bob, him. just like I did to Bob Barker on The Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got another plug here. On Dave's Gone By, The Price is Always Right, my friend. How did Joe Franklin like my, my episode of The Price is Right? Mm-mm. I thought it was wonderful. It was the greatest thing I ever saw. I wanted to take my shirt off in sympathy with Jeff, with Bob, with everyone who ever lived on this planet, on this globe, in the whole Stratus universe. The Stratus universe? Whatever that means. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, God, God, yeah, my friends. And gone? Bye. Big me.